So I was working at this job, right? And um, I hadn't been there long, maybe like a month, a month and a half or so. And I, I was I was pretty frustrated. It's pretty vexed because I was working evenings. And although I went into the job with the expectation like, oh, that's fine. I'll start there, but I'm going to look for a day, you know, like a day shift. Um, I was definitely being impatient and I wanted it right away. I wanted that that uh, that day shift a lot sooner than than I was getting it. I wasn't getting it. So I was, I was pretty set in my mind like you know what I'm not gonna stay here man and and the truth is it was a pretty good job like it had some good future for me um but I was I was so like just done I'm done working nights and evenings and I'm done with this I I had the mindset you know that zealous like I'm I'm gonna be available for every outreach and all ministry and my involvement in church will not be threatened and uh, i'm gonna make every wednesday night service and I was, I was definitely very pushy about it so i went to my pastor and i was like pastor i'm I, you know this isn't working man you know i got this job i'm working nights and i think i'm gonna quit and he was like whoa 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 robert like come on you prayed about this you told me that when you got this job there's so much potential like is it just the schedule and i was like well He's like, you're not working weekends, and uh, this could be a temporal thing, and temporary being that uh, it's not going to stay like this. So I'm like, I know, but, you know, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, I mean, just hang out there, but it's only, it hasn't been that long. I ain't been a full couple months yet, like, just, let's play this out. So I just said, fine, I guess, it's not what I wanted to hear, but whatevs. So I just said, whatever, I'll just see how long this lasts. And I was there for over three years. That's right, Boyd's 2, baby. So, um, yeah, I was, this is, this is Boyd's part two. I was, I was, I was got some more stories up my sleeve so the way boys worked is we did work evenings because we went in after schools i think i said that already so we started our day around 2 p.m i would try to show up as early as i could anywhere between 12 and 1 but uh yeah they were like no nah, your shift doesn't start to like two man if you get here it doesn't count so um i would try to do stuff during the day but because I, I really wanted that day shift man but anyway so what I would do is I would just work my way through and uh, show up early, 1.30, 2 o'clock. And we actually had a legit like time card, like one you would fill out. Like I would write my name, sometimes write it out in pencil. And it was a timesheet, like like a long, um, what are those called, man? Scantrons? Remember the Scantron style stuff? Do uh, you guys know anything I'm talking about? But um, anyway, you would like actually wrote on it and then you would hit it with the timestamp and uh the timestamp was like this little machine that you just kind of inserted your card in just right and it would slot down the day and time that you got there this is like a physical time clock in thing um that was a thing back then i i think they still have stuff like that the thing is everything's so digital today you know everyone just clocks in on their phone or they just have like set schedules it's like oh yeah i got here at eight ish 
But no, back then it was like, you know, I got there at, at 1.48 p.m., you know. Anyway, so we'd do that and we'd load up and sometimes we knew the schedule, sometimes we knew who we were working with, sometimes we had no clue. We just kind of said, get in the van, buddy, and go to the job. Good luck. So uh, in the early days, that's definitely how it was. And I would just kind of show up and get in the van and, you know, work with whoever I was with. So as we grew, um, we started to have more of a schedule and, and partnerships were created. Like guys that like to work with other people were, were created. And then there was guys that nobody wanted to work with. And that that was a thing and it, it lasted. And so um, one of the uh, infamous partnerships that was a part of there in Boyd's was my little brother and not me. My little brother and my little brother Will and Michael Smith. So, so, okay, so Mr. Boyd, also known as Tom, Mr. Boyd and Michael Smith, they essentially started what we were doing. Like, uh, even though it was a family business through Boyd, hence the name, um, Mr. Boyd, Tom Boyd, was the, he was the, uh, the salesman. He got the jobs and Michael Smith was like the, the engineer, he was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how we're going to install this. And uh, they, they they were a good partner. Man, they had a good thing going on. You can't hate on what they were doing. They were working at the school districts, and they, they got it down. They You know, Michael Smith learned how to put in these projectors and the speakers and the screens and all that stuff. And, and uh, I mean, it was, now looking back at it, it was pretty, like, easy. But at the same time, like he had it down to a science and he's very meticulous now he was from the military he worked on submarines this is michael smith and um he was like a straight engineer like if you asked him for directions he would give you like a play-by-play -play of where you're driving he's like where you're going you're down san pedro have you passed the mcdonald's on the route oh, you have oh so you haven't passed the blade yet because when you pass the blade that's when you're gonna see the tree that's only half grown and then the, and he was like super detailed he didn't talk like that, actually. He talked very slow, and um, he was bald. That's something important to notate. And he was a master chief from the military, you know, like from Halo, but but in real life. And he was amazing. He was the master commander. So uh, the master chief, Michael Smith, was like head foreman, like head installer. He taught us all how to install and play with power tools. And I'm sure if he had hair, he would have lost all of his hair because of us. But fortunately for him, he was already bald and he had to worry about that. So back to the partnership. Him and my little bro were very tight. Michael Smith loved my little brother, William. He loved him. Like, he always picked him for jobs. Super unfair because Will was, like, like full-blown, very, like... He was just so charged up. To give you an idea of how charged up he was... When we all would decide, like, oh, it's not the front of the building, we're going to go to the back of the building, the rest of us would, you know, normally we would jump in the van and go to the back of the building. Will, instead of jumping back in the van, he would run alongside the van. Like, he was like a puppy dog with so much energy and excitement and, and youth. Oh, young William. And so, Michael Smith loved this. He was like, this is my guy. He's my go-to. He's my helper. He's my guy. And we were all just stuck with each other, the wolves, the wolf pack, the Boyd's boys, you know. And we were very just bachelors and stinky and smelly and caked up on 
drunk off of energy drinks and sugar and caffeine and creatine and B12 and high testosterone and just machismo wolf pack. And Will was very much a part of that, but Michael would steal him often. And so I feel like the the, the turning point for Mike, Michael Smith and Will, the, the, the partnership, the, the camaraderie that was built, all stems down to one specific moment when Michael Smith was getting a feel for my little bro and using him more on these jobs. And that moment is when Will was just doing his absolute best and holding the ladder like he normally would because he was a great helper. And if you were on a ladder, it didn't matter if it was a four-foot ladder or a six-foot ladder or a 12-foot ladder, he was going to hold that ladder for you and make sure it was steady. So Michael Smith was on the top doing his thing, and he was infamous. Master Chief was infamous for having a sweat rag. And this sweat rag is exactly how it sounds. It was a rag full of sweat at all times. And because he was bald, uh, he would use that sweat rag primarily on his head. And uh, he had no hair to capture his sweat. So the sweat rag would dry him off. And we were used to this. We He always had it either in his back pocket or over by his tool pouch. Also, his tool pouch was incredibly neat unless one of us bothered, uh, borrowed it. If we ever borrowed a tool, we would always lose it and he would quickly replace it and also let us have a beating for, uh, no, he didn't beat us, but he did verbally. And so he would let us know like, okay, you know, don't mess my tools. So anyway, the sweat rag, this isn't, this is like, it's, it's, uh, it's an article. It's like a legendary item that, that we all were very aware of. And, um, I'm pretty sure he replaced it, but he probably didn't. But again, he's on the ladder. He's doing his thing. He's sweating. He uses a sweat rag, puts it in its rightful place, and then it falls. And William is underneath looking up. And of course, the sweat rag falls right on his face. <laughs> it, it fell on his face. And it, even though it being comical, Michael Smith, of course, is like, oh, oh, you know, sorry. And like it happened. And Will's just laughing like, oh, it's OK. It's OK. And he's, of course, crying inside, dying inside. But he he just laughs it off and he tells he tells us about it. And that's that was the moment. It was like brothers were born camaraderie. All of a sudden they were brought closer than any other. His his sweat was Michael Master Chief sweat was dubbed into little brother william his his innocence was taken from him <laughs> just kidding <laughs> okay so that was it man he was he was he was a part of the group man he they were they were now the clan they were there i don't know where i'm going with this they were a partnership from that day on oh great great stuff so Anyway, um, other partnerships were also made, and, and the not so great ones. You know, um, we had one guy that I won't name, who uh, didn't go very well with another guy that I won't name. So we'll call one of them Z and the other one B. Z and B. So um, Z was a jerk and loved to be a jerk. Like he openly expressed that he enjoyed being a jerk. B, um, tried to come off like, you know, a friendly good guy, like chill, 
but he he was also naturally a jerk and so these guys together they were like two chads i know maybe you've heard that like being a chad like I, they oh my gosh so these two guys like when you put them together the I, i'm trying to be nice you know I'm, I'm really trying to watch my words here but i don't want to have to use the bleeper on this one no i'm just kidding <laughs> but so like these these guys they when they were together there was something about it that they seemed like they wanted to be friends but because they were such jerks like they were trying to out they were, they were like trying to just be over one another like outdo each other and their jerkiness and because of this if you got stuck with this partner this this duo it was the most miserable job you could have because you spent you were babysitting is what you were doing and i i remember them like getting almost into fights and they were and they weren't like real like fist fights and it was whiny stuff man whiny stuff it was like ah like you could not put up with them and yet for some reason they ended up with each other often and well i guess i know the reason because nobody wanted to partner with them and then some jobs you, you you know you did have the option to be like oh who's who's going where and you can kind of pick but for the most part we were usually partnered together in some form and um it did come up to a point where it's like, okay, certain guys just can't be together anymore. We gotta, we gotta split these guys up, man. But nobody wanted to work with them. Z and B, man, it was, it was, it was rough. It was really rough. We went through that. Another good partnership was Mr. Boyd and not me again. <laughs> it's Mr. Boyd and John. John looked like Tom Green if Tom Green had Auburn like blonde hair, like Auburn blonde, like. The goatee and everything, right? And uh, John was a cool guy, super chill, laid back. He was like a modern day Shaggy. It's very interesting. And uh, he was supposed to be another sales guy, so he worked very well with Mr. Boyd. Their camaraderie uh, was kind of formed when they went to Vegas together. And whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, allegedly. Because I don't even really know what happened there. But I know when they came back, there was a camaraderie. So me and Mr. Boyd. Um, although I was one of the first guys there and I kind of brought a lot of these guys in, uh, Mr. Boy talked a lot of trash about me and that's okay. I was fully aware and I was honestly didn't care. I was like, Hey man, I'm here and I'm working and I'm doing better than half these guys. I, I got, I ain't, I ain't scared. I ain't worried about nothing, but there's a story and I don't believe it to this day. I still don't think it's true, but Mr. Boyd loved talking about how him and and John, Tom Green, would they went to a school and allegedly there's like 40 big box TVs that they had to take down and they did it all in less than an hour. And when I heard the story, it was 50 plus TVs and they did it in less than 30 minutes. And then when the story was told again on a later day, it was over 100 TVs in under 20 minutes. And the, the story always grew and I never knew how many TVs it actually was. It could have been less than 10 TVs and it took them a whole hour. But in his opinion, he says that, you know, it was it was a monstrosity, this huge amount. There we were, all these box TVs and no time on the line and we got them all done. You know, it's just he always like really dramatized how well they did. And I don't believe it. I still don't. And, and I'm, I'm recording this for a reason because I'm putting it on record that, that I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> I don't think it ever happened. I don't believe it. And so 
anyway that allegedly that happened another other great partnerships of course were just my my brothers me and my bro whether it's my older brother paul or my younger brother will anytime we were together now in rare occasions were we all three together because the truth is all three of us together were a mess i told the story of how they essentially knocked me down from one side of the wall to the other when we were taking down the tv and i almost died and um but it was a lot of fun not gonna lie and uh, you know there's we just we we weren't always together the three of us at least not just us three if we were three together is with other people so um i did end up with my little brother often though and when him and i were together um you know we went to corpus quite a bit together actually and i remember one time when we went to corpus i had drank a water bottle and it was like one of those big tube tube looking jugs like it's like a lot it was almost like two foot tall maybe more like a foot but for all my dramatization it felt like it was over two feet tall and it was a tube long cylindrical bottle and i drank like half of it on the way to the school we were going to in corpus and when we got there we drove this big van right so will my brother william had got out on his side on the passenger side and he was going around the back of the van i got out on my side on the driver's side and then i had this bright idea because i'm the older brother that picks on the younger brother i'm gonna throw my water bottle at william so when he comes around the back it's gonna hit him and we're gonna laugh right it's just it's a simple little prank i toss it i just kind of lob it in the air expecting it to hopefully land on his chest or something silly and then mid-air it begins to flip and all the water like quickly shifts from one side of the bottle to the other side and it all of a sudden becomes like a homing bullet like a torpedo and just shoots straight down to my brother will and racks him i got him in the goods with that water i mean it just like poof like bullets down into him and it i mean it it makes contact and i'm like oh my gosh well no 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 and like he falls to the ground and he's on his knees and fortunately you know he laughs about it i laugh about it he's probably dying inside but we laugh and like it was it was a to total accident and i wish i could say that was the only time that happened but it wasn't there's another time where he was in the garage and i was coming out of the office area and as i come out the way the the room is situated the garage there's a garage door and then there's quite quite a lot of space for the actual warehouse and then there's the office and i open the door from the office and i yell out to him don't forget the plans these were building plans for the school he was going to so they were you know all wrapped up and they had the uh, the rubber band on it so it was like all you know the circular cylindrical type you know the way the plans are when they're rolled up and uh, I yelled at, don't forget these plans, and I throw them. And same thing, I just kind of lob it in the air, expecting it to maybe just like make its way to him. And uh, if it hits him, it hits him. But I didn't think it was going to be anything intense. Well, Will didn't hear me. And he just kind of kept walking, and I threw the plans. And when I throw the plans, it, it, they, it does the same thing. It flips in the air, and it gains momentum, and again like a like a homing device like this torpedo bullet style just goes straight to the center of his back and boom makes impact again the <laughs> same same response like oh my gosh i'm so sorry will <laughs> i promise i'm not trying to kill you like <laughs> but I, I it had happened and again unfortunately he just laughed about it and you know i say all this but don't be fooled 
Don't be fooled. My brother William, like, you know, absolutely. I'm not going to say he deserved it, but he, he definitely will retaliate. And so I'm not going to go into all the stories of, of our wrestling matches and whatnot on here. But I, I, I mean, I wasn't trying to kill the guy. It was just strange coincidence that, that whatever I lob in the air at him turns into torpedoes and tries to strike at him. Ah, oh, good old, good old Willis. Um, and so along with that, every time we went out to these jobs, we did a good job, okay? I know I got all these crazy stories, but that's because we're these young guys, man. Like, it's a bunch, it was like a guy's night out every time we went out and we just get jacked up on creatine and caffeine and, and go and jump on ladders and, and run, you know, throw cables at each other and, and just full of testosterone and doing all this nonsense it was wild now um i say the testosterone thing but that doesn't mean women didn't work at this job there's a few a couple of office ladies and in one situation a very strange one there was a couple that came in a couple like a guy and a girl uh, and uh, they were a boyfriend girlfriend that got the job and i won't go into all the details on how that didn't work out but um at one point she was on the job site like with us and it was the most weirdest thing nobody felt comfortable it like completely threw off the, the whole groove like it was like well it's like, it like you know hey it's a guy's night out what are you doing here <laughs> so like but when when she was there we you know it's just in us to like carry the tools in the ladder like no you can't carry anything and it was it was bizarre it didn't last long literally only a few weeks it was not long um, and that brings me to the, my next thing that we had to do, hiring and firing. And uh, the hiring process was brutal. Oh, my gosh, it was brutal because, you know, we weren't paying much. And I don't blame Mr. Boyd at all because I look back at it, it in all honesty. It's ingenious the way this whole place was set up. So it was, it was hard to bring on real experienced guys. So we got mostly knuckleheads, me included. And even though we, we had we did good at the job and we were very good at with these schools and we had a, a lot of work to do, we were still a bunch of knuckleheads. Young guys between like the ages of 17, 18 up until like 22, 23. That was like the, the, the primary, you know, uh, age group. And we brought in some riffraff, you know, we did, just being honest. And, and we had some crazies. What, before I get into the firing portion, one of the crazies was Marcus C. Love that guy. And um, granted, he was a, a wild child. He was. I don't condone drinking or smoking or any of that, but he was a part of that. And he would come in hungover. Mind you, we'd start the day like at 2 p.m. And he would come in hungover. Like, bro, what? What? Would, how, how late did you party? You know, and, and he'd have the wildest stories, which I'm not going to go into. But uh, he, he also had a phrase, like, I'm going to go take a drag, which was how he would say, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. And he, he would always do that. He would constantly be going out taking a drag. And uh, one of the most infamous stories I have from him is when I made him a lead for one of the jobs and said, cool, this is all you. You got this. I'll meet you out there. And uh, he was a hard worker. I'll give him that. And what we did is when we would uh, do speakers in the ceiling tiles, what we would do is we would get all the ceiling tiles and we would bring them over to one location and we would cut all of the speakers at once into the ceiling tiles. And then we would grab those and take them to the rooms and boom, ready for install. So this worked out really well. And um, I, I showed up and they were doing just that and it happened to be in the cafeteria of one of the schools. 
And when I showed up and walked in, uh, there, there they all were. And I didn't see Marcus C. I was like, where's this guy at? C was his last, I don't know what his last name was. We just, I just knew him as Marcus C. But anyway, um, I, I was looking for him and uh, I, I just had to follow the, the groans and because he was like uh, on the uh, on the stage of the auditorium, laid on his back, and he's complaining about how much his head hurts because he's beat up from a hangover. And he's like, "No, bro, I'm, I'm gonna get to it. I promise. Just just give me a minute. Just give me a minute." <laughs> he's just laying there. And I'm like, "Marcus, dude, you're leading the job, man. Come on." He's like, "Yeah, yeah. No, we're doing it. We're doing it. Look, you see the guys. Like, it's gonna be fine." And like. This, this was the help we had. And so we made it work, man. We made it work, even with, with the knuckleheads. Uh, so back back to the, you know, the, the firing portion is uh, we did have to fire guys. And that, that process wasn't always as brutal because most of the guys that got fired usually all, were already like halfway out. They were like done. Like they just didn't want to do the work anymore. And then other guys just left. Like there was a couple of guys that actually went to Corpus, and uh, they showed up and started their work and realized, dude, this is garbage. And they got back in the van, drove all the way back to San Antonio, clocked out, and said, "I'm out." And they just they they left. They quit that day. <laughs> they didn't want to do the work. It was, it was pretty legendary, actually. Um, but then there were guys that we did have to actually cut off, right? And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really have any bad fires. Uh, there was only one that was kind of like, kind of awkward. And the, the guy was just kind of like, really, you're firing me? And it was, and, and I remember I gained this, this new term, which I felt was very accurate, which is, hey, don't blame me, man. It's not, it's not personal. I'm just doing my job. Like I was, I'm doing this because the boss man asked me to do it. That's what this is. And if you have any any problems, you got to take it up with him. There's nothing to do with me and you. And uh, it worked out in that case anyway, you know, in that situation. But that didn't always work. So I was training some guy and he was going to uh, become a lead. And so I was, I was, you know, working him into kind of managing some jobs and and uh, uh, one of the big ways, I guess one of the big ways to show like, okay, you're ready, is if he had to do some, some kind of big decision in this, for his case, it happened to be to fire somebody. So my boss was cool with it. Mr. Boy was like, yeah, it's fine. Let him do it. And you know, you, you make sure you tell him the process. Yeah, no, we got it. Okay. He's been with me when I fired people before, so it'll be fine. So uh, I, I'm going about my business. I, I now am working day shift. Ha, ha, ha. Two and a half years it took, but I, I was doing it. And I get a phone call. And it's it's the guy I'm training. And he's like, bro, you got to show up to the job site. You got to come to the school. I'm like, why? What? Wait, no, man, I'm done for the day. Like, I'm out. I'm out doing my thing. I'm having fun. Like, leave me alone. He's like, no, I, I really think you need to come. Why? What happened? Well, because I fired that guy and he's really upset. Whoa, wait, wait what and i'm like you're at the job site and you fire no no like the way we did it is when they come in you talk to them before they get their day started and you just tell them like hey this is you know this we've, this decision has been made sorry let me get your badge and whatever you have on you and no keys okay cool bye and it's not that ugly of a heartache 
Well, in his defense, what he told me anyway was like, ah, it was happening so fast. We're loading up at the garage and we're getting everything. And then we go to the school. And by the time I realized, I go, snap, we're at the school. I, I just kind of told him. I was like, no. So then I get another call and it's from the guy's roommate. The guy that we're firing, his roommate calls me. Well, his roommate works with us. <laughs> so his roommate was like, dude, you should have told me you were going to get rid of this guy. Because I would have told you. He's going to blow up. And I'm like, oh, no, this is not going according to plan at all. This is bad. OK, like, I'm, I, oh, man. And so he's he's like, yeah, he's going to be really upset, man. And he is really upset. Like, you're going to have you're going to have to come. And I'm thinking, great. And then I get a call from my boss. Mr. Boy's like, bro, what, Robert, what the heck are you doing? Boy? What's happening down there? You know, like he, he didn't say it like that, but he kind of did. And he, he basically said, we'll get it figured out. You need to get him off site and blah, blah, blah. So long story short, we were able to get him off site. His roommate had to give him the drive of shame back to the office, bring him in. I met him at the office and I tried to cool him off. And hey, you know, and I tried to use that line. It's nothing personal, bro. Nothing to do with us. And it didn't work with him. He, he took it very personal and he's like how dare you and blah 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 and you know i'm i'm at hey, i'm a christian he knows i'm very involved in my church so he throws it at me and like you're supposed to be a christian and you don't even and i'm like oh come on man this has nothing to do with me being a christian and you getting fired like this is no connection uh but he, he tried to slam me about it and beat me up about it and he was a, he was a jerk man because like a day later he was taking hey i was How's work going? You know, like, oh my gosh, man. Quit texting me. Like, leave me alone. He got over it. He chilled out eventually and moved on and got another job and he was just fine. But, I mean, it was it was this whole fiasco, man. These The, the riffraff. The Boyd's boys, man. The riffraff. That's what we were. We were just a bunch of knuckleheads. Oh, man. I still have so many more stories that I'm not going to say right now, but... It was it was an experience definitely and, and 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 for the record again we did do work we did do good good work you know the northeast school district was blown away by our ama amazing work that we did and corpus as well we did so much work in corpus i think they're still doing work in corpus today i could be wrong i absolutely honestly i have no clue i think the last time i did a search was maybe a couple years ago and um someone did ask me recently if i was going to get into k-12 kinder you know 12th grade if you didn't pick that up earlier and i, I am I, I definitely am trying to do that in in our business today and they asked me like are you gonna are you gonna call mr boyd like are you should talk to him maybe maybe even be his competitor hmm and i i don't know if that's gonna happen but can you imagine could you imagine me showing up to a school to do my job and my i'm almost afraid to say it my competitor is my former boss like oh the drama stay tuned who knows who knows how that will play out it's actually kind of exciting Ooh, i i, I haven't tried to call him maybe i should call him should i yeah it's not a good idea <laughs> nah, maybe maybe i'll just leave it as is